You are totally in the right place. This is Disney Vacations Demystified with Sarah and Erica. It's time to have less stress and more fun on your next Disney vacation. Today we're going to have some fun. We're going to put on our Imagineering hats and design our version of a perfect Disney theme park. You ready for this, Erica? I'm so ready for this because we talk about this all the time. If you could mix and meld components of each park, restaurants, nighttime spectaculars, if you could just dream up your perfect park, what would it look like? And so I'm excited that we're going to get into it today. And I'm going to start with my favorite ride at Disney, which I know may be different than your favorite ride, but my perfect theme park has to have Flight of Passage. That's always your favorite. It is. What is it about Flight of Passage that really captures you so much? It's the magnitude and the scope of that ride. Flight of Passage is so immersive. And for somebody that really feels my feelings on a scale of one to 10, I can get to both. I can get to a one, I can get to a 10. Flight of Passage just really takes me to a place where I get teary-eyed. It's awe-inspiring. It makes me feel really small. And I love I love elements that remind me that the world is big and I am small. And Flight of Passage is just such good storytelling of being a part of something bigger than yourself that just hits all the right buttons for me. Mm, I love that. That's yeah. a really good answer. Well, I'm going to pull rides. I'm going to pull one from each coast. We're, we're making up the rules as we yeah, go. Yeah, we, so we can totally I'm make doing it up. That. Okay. So I'm going to start over at Disneyland in California. And Space Mountain for me has got to be it. That's mm. got to be in my ideal theme park. Now, the two Space Mountains on each coast are completely different from they each are. other. So if you've only ever been to Disney World... And you're like scratching your head because I just said Space Mountain. Okay, you need to go over to Disneyland (laughs) and ride it there because it is just the most incredible. It's just a totally different experience. Uh, And there's something about Space Mountain too, that Disneyland in California was my first Disney trip with my own family, with my own kids. And so there's just something, I don't know, special, magical. Like, I don't want to say nostalgic, but it's kind of that. It's like the place that I fell in love with Disney was Disneyland in California and Space Mountain was and continues to be one of my very favorite rides over in that park. So we've got to have some Space Mountain in my ideal Disney park. Let's keep it rolling with roller coasters because I know this is one that you and I 150,000% agree on. Our ideal park will have Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Well, probably and Mission Breakout too. Can we just have a a Guardians of the Galaxy special section? You can bring all of the Ventures Campus in if you want. Oh, let's do that. (laughs) Yes, please. But especially those two rides with Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which is over in Epcot at Walt Disney World, and Mission Breakout, which is over in Avengers Campus at Disneyland. Yeah. You think there's more Avengers stuff coming for us? I hope so. Avengers is fun because it's not necessarily something that I'm super into at home. But when I'm in the parks, it's so easy to get caught up in the storytelling of Avengers. And the more I start to unlock some of those characters and understand more of like the greater story, the multiverse, as it were, right? Oh, that's, you, you're <laughs> we're getting the there now. This yeah. is like beginner level Avengers knowledge, but the characters are really captivating. And Avengers Campus after dark over in Disney's California Adventure is just spectacular. So I, yes, we have to have an Avengers Campus in our park for sure. 
Yeah. It's a little like uh, Avengers Campus and Galaxy's Edge are places where the land itself is part of the attraction. Yeah. Like you're not just there to ride the rides that are there, but taking in the ambience and the smells and all of the interactive elements, the characters that roam in those areas, the land is part of the attraction. And it's what makes those particular areas of the two parks very, very unique. Yeah. And Disney's doing a really good job with that. Like as more new lands come on board, they really are starting to think about that guest experience in a totally reimagined way. Because it used to be that the ride was the highlight and it's like everything was built around that. And now it's like the rides are built into mm-hmm. that immersive land. And I really respect the Disney Imagineers for how they're bringing that level of intentionality to these new lands that they're bringing on board. I mean, kudos, it, Disney Imagineering and just the way that Disney is never complete. It always is bringing in new technology and just the guest experience is always at the center of the Disney experience. And I think that that is the most magical thing. Yeah. I hear some mamas say, as I'm planning trips with them, we're not into Star Wars. We're not into Marvel. So we're just going to skip those parts of the park. What do you say to that? You can't, you can't skip Galaxy's Edge and you can't skip uh, Avengers Campus and, and the Marvel Universe. And I'll say this, like I can deeply empathize. I did not grow up on Star Wars. I did not grow up, you know, being super into the superheroes and comic books and things like that. But there is something for everybody in those lands. And it actually was the reverse for us. It was not until Lou and I went to Galaxy's Edge that we actually started watching the Star Wars movies. And so that can happen for your family as well. Don't think that totally happened with Marvel for me. It was riding riding the rides. Like every time I go to Disneyland now, this is what I do on the flight over as I watch the next movie or two in the cinematic universe so that I'm like moving the story forward, but especially getting through some of those Guardians of the Galaxies movies so that you know those stories. Yes, this is what sparked my interest in Marvel and has gotten me into the movies. My kids are super big into Marvel. I was not so much, but it's been a fun thing. Like they're enjoying seeing me enter into the stories and know the stuff that they know about Marvel. And it's because of the rides. All right. So the next ride that I need is going to be another just kind of all inspiring storytelling. And I really do just have a a really large heart for those types of rides. So the next ride that's going to go into my perfect theme park is going to be Soren over at Epcot. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's same thing. It's a journey and you feel small and you feel like you're a part of something that's just so much bigger than yourself. And you do get to learn a little bit about other cultures and you get to see some of these things from a really unique vantage point as you're flying over them. And so that perspective to me is just really unique. And I definitely need Soren in my ideal park. Okay. I feel like we have a lot of rides in our park so far that have some height requirements. So littles aren't riding anything yet. Uh, let's bring something in for the whole family with let's no height that. requirement. What are you going first? I, I think the most iconic Disney ride with no height requirements got to be It's a Small World. Yeah, it is. You're right. And it's, you know, it's an interesting one for me because It's a Small World could be a total miss for me. I don't feel compelled to ride that on every trip. I think it's a, you know, if you've been there and you've done that and you've explored it, like that's good enough for me. But there are some Disney diehards that It's a Small World is a part of every trip. Where do you fall on that scale? Um, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I don't feel compelled to ride it every time. 
And it's definitely not something that my older kids love. But I'll tell you on my last trip to Disneyland, which is not the park that I get to nearly as often, I could have ridden It's a Small World like 15 times because it's new and it's fresh. And at Disneyland, there are a whole bunch of Disney characters tucked into those different country scenes that were really fun to be on the lookout for. So if you're taking your kids to Disneyland, definitely don't skip out on It's a Small World and see if they can count how many Disney characters they can spot as your boat winds down the canal there and sees all the different scenes. That's a really fun idea just to kind of make it a little bit more like now your kids are going to be a little bit more attentive. The song's going to get a little bit more stuck in your head, which is totally fine on a Disney day. (laughs) I like that idea quite a lot. Sarah, if I have ridden all of these things, I got to tell you at this point in my day, I'm probably tired and you know, I'm a massive fan of normalizing moving benches. And so my ideal Disney park is it has to have the people mover And the reason why is number one, okay, no height restriction. It's such a fun way to people watch and really just soak in the atmosphere of Tomorrowland. The People Mover is actually a cannot miss. I cannot go to Magic Kingdom unless I take a lap on the People Mover. And I've heard some rumors that Disneyland in California might be getting a People Mover back. I would love that. They they used to have one. And if you look very closely in Tomorrowland, the track is still there. Yeah. So make me hopeful that yeah, maybe that bring that back. Through. I would love that. That would be great. What's a okay. ride for you that's like a moving bench that you would want to include in this park? I'm going to twist that question slightly because it is a ride, but it's also some transportation. We have to have a Skyliner. Oh, you got to have a Skyliner. Yes. That could be inside the park, outside the park. It could be anywhere, but it, it would you go have... all over. Yes. The Skyliner <laughs> in our favorite park and our ideal park that we're imagining here goes everywhere. You can get everywhere on the Skyliner. Yeah. I really like that idea. Yep. And that is, yeah, it's transportation and it's a moving bench. So it hits all the right spots. Yeah. It's great on a hot day when you've been in the sun and you just need to sit down and have some quiet to get up there at altitude and feel the breeze. And it's amazing how they've designed those cars. They are really breezy, even though they're not air conditioned. So as long as those gondolas are moving, you actually get quite a bit of wind. I've had some crazy Skyliner hair happen to me once or twice. The design on those, I remember riding that in the dead of summer and they're like, they're not air conditioning. And I thought to myself, this is about to be just a miserable ride. And it's not, even on days that it's like super humid and the air is stagnant and you feel like you can chew the air, there is always air circulating on the gondola. And I, yeah, yeah, the Skyliner is just, it's magic. It's Disney magic at its best. Yeah, those are well designed. So you'll enjoy a lap or two on the Skyliner. (laughs) Have you worked up an appetite yet? Are you ready for some lunch? My stomach is actually (laughs) grumbling. So yes, let's talk about Disney restaurants. First off, do you want a quick service or do you want a table service? I think, I think I really prefer a quick service. When okay. I'm at Disney with my family of six, we choose our table service meals very carefully. We do not have one every day. We may only do one or two in an entire week-long vacation. Uh, so we're really particular about the ones that we work into our itinerary. But we do that, we do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, it can be very cost prohibitive, especially while the dining plans are not back right now. When the dining plan's back, We're big fans of the dining plan and we always add it. And then we have some freedom with our wallet to just know we've already paid for this. We know we're maximizing the value to do some of those character meals or fixed price menus. And so I don't stress about it so much. But without the dining plan, when I'm having to put a credit card down at the end of every meal, 
For a family of six, that can add up at a lot of those table service locations. So we definitely prefer doing quick service. And it also gives us some flexibility that we're not locked into a schedule. Uh, one thing our family really loves to do is eat around the world at Epcot. It's not really a quick service location. It's just multiple food booths that coordinate menus with the different festivals throughout the year. And I love that everybody can have something different. We can order something and everyone can have a bite or two and share. And so we can try so many different things throughout our day and nobody goes away hungry. Yeah, that's really smart. And so those smaller plates make so much sense because then you can just sample so many more types of food and you're still not going to be left with just a super heavy meal in your tummy. You can actually just take a few bites of a lot of different things. And I think that that appeals to a lot of families. If I'm going to have a quick service restaurant, I'm going to actually create a hybrid quick serve from the East Coast and the West Coast. And I want Casey's Corner on Magic Kingdom because Mm -hmm. I definitely want those corn dog nuggets and I want those fries. But then I'm also going to bring in Corn Dog Castle because the breading on the corn dogs out in Disney's California Adventure is actually super magical. I don't know what they put in that breading, but it's really good. And then just because this is imaginary land, Casey's Corner Castle is also going to serve chicken tenders because if I'm eating quick serve, I'm going to have a chicken tender at Disney. Of course you are. No one who's listening, who knows you is surprised to hear that answer (laughs) at all. Of course you are having chicken tenders. All right. Well, let's say it's a special day and we're, we're celebrating something. So Mm. we are actually going to make a special reservation and do a table service meal and have a leisurely time of sitting around a table and talking to each other. Which restaurant are you making a reservation at? Okay. So the youthful, immature palate that is my tastes would say via Napoli um, and just pizza, right? But I think that the atmosphere over in Epcot at via Napoli is actually really, really cool. And the pizza is my favorite pizza on planet Earth. You want to get the Quattro Formaggi, and I'm actually shocked that I think that I'm pronouncing that correctly, for cheese, and keep it simple, but Via Napoli to me is is that spot. And when I'm at a theme park, I don't actually, like, I'm actually okay with simple foods. That feels very theme park-ish to me. You introduced me to the pizza over at Via Napoli, and you promised it was the best pizza I've ever had, and I kind of was skeptical about that going into that restaurant, but I'll tell you, you weren't wrong. We sat in a booth in the back room, which I highly recommend. There are a couple of different seating spaces in that restaurant. You can be out in the main room and and it's a great view of the wood burning ovens where they cook the pizza and you'll get to watch the guys, you know, flipping out the dough and putting pizzas together, but it's kind of loud. Yeah. And for me, I always feel much better when I'm sitting in the back of the restaurant. It's actually like a whole separate room. So it's much quieter and it's a totally different atmosphere. So you pick what's going to work for your family. But for us, we like to go in the back where it's a little bit quieter and we can sort of decompress from all of the energy of the parks that comes at you. Uh, But that pizza was amazing. It's so good. Totally amazing. You did not overestimate how much I was going to love that. Yeah. I'm happy you enjoyed it. I have a hunch what you may be going with, especially for an in-park table service, but I'm interested to hear your answer. Oh, I think I'm going to surprise you here because hands down the best meal I've ever had at Disney World was at California Grill on the top of the Contemporary Resort. Okay. I ate there with my dad, which was a very special trip. It was just the two of us. 
And so because it was just two adults, we didn't have any kids with us. We went big. We went to all of the places that I'm never taking my family of six, but you know, just two adults on a special trip where we were celebrating. Yeah. We went to California grill and I had the most amazing steak there mm. and the, the atmosphere, it just feels very grown up to me. So this is a great place for a date night, or if you're celebrating an anniversary or you're with your girlfriends and you're just there with some adults, definitely work this restaurant into your itinerary. I also love the ambiance and the location is amazing. It is floor to ceiling glass on the side of the restaurant. So uh, we ate right as the sun was setting. And as the lights, the sun went down, the lights came up, you could watch the boats out on the water, which you know me and boats. That's a happy thing for me to be by the water. If you have dinner there at California Grill, you can also come back. They have a special viewing platform right on the roof of the contemporary. And it's a spectacular place to go watch the fireworks. So you're getting a great meal. You're getting beautiful ambiance, amazing scenery, and that special experience of having kind of a VIP viewing spot for those evening fireworks at Magic Kingdom. I love that choice. That's such a grown up, like smart, mature choice. And Disney is accessible to every age. Don't think that Disney is only for kids. There's so much at Disney for adults to explore as well. Okay. I'm going to give you a hard one, but I'm willing to go first to give you a chance to think the most underrated thing, and it can be anything that you would want to make sure got included into your ideal park. Easy. You already have it? I do. It's a food item. Oh, okay. Tell me. It's the Thai coconut meatballs at the Polynesian. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. They seem like nothing. Like people don't even know that they're on the menu. Of course they're prominently listed on the menu, but (laughs) like it's, it's just a quick service location at a resort. I don't think many people would go out of their way to eat there. In fact, a lot of people don't like Captain Cook's of the Polynesian for a lot of different reasons, but man, that is my favorite plate of food at a Disney resort. I got to do it every time. More people would love it if it was just so easily accessible inside of our perfect park. Exactly. Yes. Maybe they're at every quick service location. (laughs) That would be your ideal. That would (laughs) be your perfect. Yeah, this is perfection for you. So I love that. Okay. My underrated thing that has to get included in this park is the Main Street Philharmonic Marching Band. These guys are joy personified. If you have not had a chance to see the marching band in Magic Kingdom you please put that on your calendar, check in the, my Disney experience app, know when they're coming and make it a point to go and see those guys. These are middle-aged men that just love playing music. They're going to play all of your favorite Disney tunes. And there is such a level of authentic entertainment that happens you can just see the joy radiating off of these guys. And it is so contagious it's underrated, but you need to see the Main Street Philharmonic. Yeah. And as a musician myself, I watch them and can so appreciate the musicality. Like these are these are incredibly talented guys who yes. are probably some of the best musicians you're ever going to hear in any venue. So it's amazing that they march up and down Main Street and give little mini concerts every day. And you definitely need to put that on your itinerary. I think we can't talk about a perfect 
theme park that we're designing without talking about the people, right? We've talked yeah. about the things, yes. the restaurants and yes. the rides, but the thing that really makes a park run, the real magic is in the people who yes. work there. The and cast Disney members. cast members are second to none. You have never had such amazing customer service as you will experience on your Disney vacation. Yeah. And there's, there's a few, there's a few specifically that I want. I definitely want Miss Melly that works in the Emporium on main street. Um, she is a blue tag cast member. And, and just remember this, if you see a cast member that has a blue tag, they have earned a Walt's legacy distinction. It is an incredible honor. When you think of all of the customer service attentiveness that goes into just being a cast member, but then to be set apart by your peers and by your superiors to earn the Waltz Legacy Award. When you see a blue tag cast member, you want to go up and engage in conversation with them. It's incredibly generous and polite of you to say congratulations. They'll know why you're congratulating them. Ask them what year they earned their Waltz Legacy distinction. They're happy to tell you the story about the day that they were surprised with that. Cast members are the magic makers and our ideal park would be filled with blue tag Waltz legacy cast members. And when you have a magic moment with a cast member, blue tag or not, the best way that you can say thank you to them is, uh, well, two things. You can go right into your My Disney Experience app and you can tell your app a little bit about that interaction. It's called a cast member compliment. So look for that in the menu. When you give that cast member compliment in the app, it doesn't always give Disney the level of specifics that I wish you could give. And I think that cast members deserve all the recognition that we could possibly send their way. So if you have the time in your evening, it would also be really sweet of you to go stop at guest relations at the front of the park and Often they'll have some cards where you can fill that out and give a lot more detail about what that cast member did. So you want to remember their name and maybe their hometown that's listed right there on their name tag. Jot those details down and go fill out a cast member compliment card at the front of the park at Guest Relations. You cannot have enough gratitude for those people that just day in and day out make your vacation magical. And I think that Disney has that in spades. There is no other theme park on earth that has the cast member magic like Disney. Okay, we're wrapping up our ideal theme park here. And I don't think that we can end without a nighttime spectacular. We got to have a nighttime spectacular. Which which one are you going to pull into our perfect Disney park? Happily ever after. And thank Mickey. It's coming back as soon as the end of the 50th anniversary celebration concludes happily ever after the nighttime spectacular at magic kingdom with the castle projections. And while enchantment is awesome, it's just not the level of storytelling from beginning to end that happily ever after is that soundtrack highly recommend that you download and listen to that soundtrack. If you are having a bad day, nothing will get you through it like a happily ever after soundtrack moment. So that is the one for me. I will never forget learning that music with Lou, having her on my hip and singing to one another and just living in the moment in the hub of Magic Kingdom. That is the nighttime spectacular from now to the end of time. That's what those Disney magic moments are all about. It's really not about the ride that you're on or the show that you're watching. 
It's about connecting with the people that you love the most and that shared experience that you're bonding over together. That's where the real Disney magic is. What are you picking? What's your nighttime spectacular? Oh, I, you know, my all time yeah. favorite is World of Color over in Disney California Adventure. Uh, there's just something so unique and innovative about that show. And even though that show is not new by any stretch, it still feels so innovative to me and kind of cutting edge technology. There's these huge water fountains and they're projecting Disney stories and playing favorite Disney songs while you're watching these fountains go off around you. If you stand too close to the front, you're actually going to feel the spray of that water. And so there's some interactivity there that's surprising in moments and really fun. And I know everyone's going to enjoy spotting their different, their favorite characters throughout that show. It's always fun for me to listen. I know that there are particular little vignettes inside that show that are going to elicit a big crowd reaction. And those are my favorite moments. Like we just talked about, it's that Disney magic where you're all part of something bigger than us and engaging with these stories. And it's fun to connect with the people around you in that little moment while you're watching that together. Yeah. What a great exclamation point on a perfect Disney day at our perfect Disney park. The reality is Disney can be overwhelming. We totally understand that. If you guys understood the amount of mistakes that we made as we were getting our entire Disney lives together, it it would astound you really. And maybe we'll do a future episode on our biggest Disney mistakes. I think that could be a lot of fun. I think we should do that. And while this park that we've just imagined does not exist, the great news is all of these things are real Disney things that you can go visit either at Disneyland in California or Walt Disney World in Florida. And we've got some Purple Banana Travel Coaches standing by who would love to listen to the things that are important to you and understand what your family is going to enjoy and help you craft a really epic vacation where everyone has a ton of fun and gets to do the things that they love the most. Absolutely. And the biggest misconception is that you're paying extra when you work with an expert and that could not be more farther from the truth. Disney has already factored in this cost to all of your vacation packages. That means if you go and book it on your own, you're paying the same price. So you're leaving expert help on the table if you choose to go it alone. And we don't want you to make that mistake. Go ahead and head down to the show notes and you can get your complimentary vacation quote to any of Disney's destinations. We'll try to get that turned around with you within 48 hours so that your family can get to the magic. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review. That definitely helps us find even more Disney-loving families just like you to share the magic with. You can also take a screenshot and add this to your favorite social media platform. Share it out and let us know what was your favorite thing that you would add to your imaginary best Disney park. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of Disney Vacations Demystified. In the meantime, extend kindness to each other and be brilliant.